Welcome to Savage Minds. I'm your host, Julian Vigo, and today's guest is Beth Steltzer, wife, mother, amateur powerlifter, and accidental activist. She is the founder of the grassroots nonpartisan coalition Save Women's Sports. I welcome Beth Steltzer to Savage Minds. I'm following this issue of the gender identity politics for many years. And it's one of my least favorite issues because I feel that we're saying the most obvious thing possible. Like, I don't even think saying water is wet is as obvious as what we're saying. Right. It's truly absurd. Yeah, exactly. And today we had a guest post by a writer who has to use a pseudonym. It's gotten to be so crazy, as this writer put, just think about what this means that women have to start and even men have to start fearing for their livelihoods in an era where feelings trump reality. So Beth, can you tell me, I, I just introduced you and you describe yourself as an accidental activist. How did you get involved in this particular subject? Oh, <clears throat> I can try and make the story as short as possible. But I found fitness later in life, and I'm a mom, and I fell in love with powerlifting. So after a year of doing it, I thought, you know, maybe I had a chance of, of competing. Why not? So my husband encouraged me, and I trained very hard, like five, six hours a day, or three, five, six days a week, two, three hours a day, just as much time in the kitchen making meals. I really carved out the time to go to this contest. And at that contest, it was ruined because a man wanted to compete in the women's state championships and basically just through a protest the whole time and this little pity party for themselves. And I had no idea about this whole gender ideology movement going on. And I, I, I kind of say it threw me down the rabbit hole. After I got home, I was like, what is going on? And started researching and started connecting. And then I realized how women are getting harassed. And I am in this perfect little spot where I don't have a lot to lose. And I felt really driven to speak up. And so I started SaveWomenSports.com as just a way to show women, hey, I'm here. We're not alone. The science backs us up. And now it's turned into this international coalition of athletes, medical professionals, and just average women like me who have had enough and don't want the definition of female destroyed. Yes, as you might know, I recently interviewed uh, other athletes yeah. like Selena Soul, who lost competitions. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, this is like, this is why I'm doing what I least like doing, covering this, because as you know, Biden's executive orders has pretty much destroyed women's rights. And though people will say, oh, you're being hyperbolic. No, uh, you know, as do other female athletes, that, you know, I should probably quake in my shoes for having just said female athletes. We can't say woman, we can't say. So you and other vagina havers who do masculine things like shot putting and whatnot, I'm sorry, I'm being sarcastic, but you, you know, we have to really worry about our livelihood. So you feel yourself to be in a certain position where you can speak up because you are a mother. And may I ask where you are located in the US? 
If people haven't heard already by the accent, I am long-lived Minnesotan. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, gosh, I can hear Canadian in there. So, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all cold right now. <laughs> yes, you've got that border accent. Yeah. So, well, Minnesota. So, when you found out about this, you found this out while you were going to a competition or you were at the competition? Yeah, it was, it was enveloping as the competition came forward and the athlete signed up and was told that they couldn't compete. And so that's what made them decide to protest. I'm very lucky that USA powerlifting is a, you know, they're an independent organization. They have the right to choose the rules they do. And to them, a male entering in the female, it's, it's no different than entering in a doper, someone who's been doing steroids. This is not right. Well, did you think it was a prank at first? <laughs> I did. When I first saw the articles of other girls supporting this male saying, support our friend trying to powerlift, I thought, what in the world is going on? It's like, it, it's such a, a breath of fresh air to hear podcasts like yours. I think we all have this joke like, yep, we're not crazy. They're crazy. It's You got to step out sometimes and see like, they're really trying to pull the wool over our eyes. And definitely transgender women are not women. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We met myself included. We've all been down the rabbit hole. We were, especially when we were younger women, myself in New York, where it was very queer central. Uh, we were taught to say, you know, preferred pronouns just by virtue of being nice. And we're supposed to be nice and bake cupcakes and be nice again. Well, the funny thing is, you know, I was in the army, so I, I was used to competing against men. And I was in airborne school, you know, Fort Benning, Georgia. I mean, I dare anyone to try that. Um, I had a certain level of athletic scoring I had to make just to get into that camp. And I know, as did my black hats, what would be called drill sergeants outside of that domain, they they know. I mean, you know, I was running against men with a stride almost double my own because the stride of the leg is dependent upon the height. And the same thing with your field of power lifting. That's dependent upon muscle mass, bone density, all these things that I'm sure you've read the ridiculous takes by trans activists who claim it's all in our pretty little heads. So tell me, what did you do to organize around this issue initially? The website was my big thing initially. And then just reaching out to <clears throat> the other women that were at the contest that were wandering around like me, looking like, what is going on here? <laughs> and, and, and just starting small. And that's how we are going to win at this battle is a grassroots effort. Have those tough conversations. Put out that Facebook post that seems a little scary. Do your part to speak up as much as you can. And, and that's how we can fight back because... We know they've been rallying and pushing for this for years. And it's just now it's our time to show our strength. Brilliant. Well, tell me something. What are your thoughts about? I mean, you use the term trans woman personally, politically. I have abandoned using that term. I use men who ideas transgender because I think part of the problem is that we're even linguistically letting that slippery slope exist. Oh, I agree. I agree. I'm just spinning back the mantra. You know, they're always telling us that that trans women are women. They are not. They they're males. And and that's how I refer to them when I'm working with legislation. They're males. 
We should not allow males to compete in female sports. Boom. End of subject. It doesn't need to be any more defining to what sex is. We know sex is binary. It shouldn't be conflated or replaced with gender identity. And we also shouldn't be conflating sexual orientation and gender identity like we are with a lot of these laws coming out. It's phenomenal, isn't it? Because I come from the sexual uh, identitarian group of Libesians, as my friend Sherry called us, but of, <laughs> of gay women. And it's something that gay men and women even the ones who write me emails saying, good job, I wish I could speak out. I write them back, I say, speak out because you know how harmful this is. As kids, we were taught that we're really macho girls or tomboys and we really, you know, boys were taught that they were really girls. So in my recent interview with Ray Blanchard, we're talking about the fact that as homosexuality is more accepted, guess what's happening to the gay men who were previously identifying as transgender, they're pretty much disappearing as a, as a focus group of study. It's a lot of AGP males. Okay, <laughs> what does this mean though for the larger stake of why you and I and Selena and Jennifer, my gosh, Jennifer Wagner Asali had McKinnon, now Ivy, now who knows what he'll name himself, <laughs> beat her out at races while the second place winner, winner tried to shame her by saying, you knew the rules before. I don't think it's good enough that women get on that boat and start saying you knew the rules before because we've had the carpet pulled up from under us by legislation that never included our voices. Did that happen in the States as well, where these rules were put in without consulting any women? Most definitely. Most definitely. That there was small groups of activists pushing for the rights of, quote, trans identifying people. And they came into administration, they came into boardrooms with presentations basically saying how we all had to be nice and these rules were set without consulting women. Even the Olympics only consulted a couple of women and one trans person who is a man results which wasn't even a scientific study. It's self-reported from a handful of athletes over a number of years. It's not scientific. And that's what the Olympics took to set these rules. Again, it's always laugh or cry at these situations. It, it is. We have to have our moments to, to laugh when we can, you know, because like you mentioned, we've, we've all not fit in that box. A lot of the people on my team were quote tomboys when they were younger. And a lot of us are here now because we think, <laughs> shoot, what would have happened if we would have grown up nowadays? You know, a lot of lesbians have said, I would have been diagnosed as trans. Well, I think most women would have. Growing, I grew up in the 70s. I mean, I played hockey with the boys. This is the thing that kills me about the whole transgender nonsense. And I do think we have to call it out as nonsense because it's a fetish of what they think to be our identities. Well, exactly. Just what, how does it, how is it to feel like a woman? Can you tell me what that is? Can you define that? How do I feel like a woman? Because to me, I think the closest I've ever felt to feeling like a woman is giving birth. And well, still <laughs> question sometimes. <laughs> well, to be honest, I used that example the other day. I was speaking with a lovely professor in the United States who also is gay. And I said to him, you know, even when I was giving birth, I can't say that I felt like a woman. I was exercising my biological, you know, body at that point. But do I feel like a woman when I'm giving birth more than when I was like the other day changing a battery in my car? 
Do I feel more like a woman when I'm making cupcakes as opposed to what men do, you know, at Thanksgiving in the US, carving the turkey? Like, how is it that carving turkey is masculine, but washing up after is feminine? These are bullshit social constructions. And we all know it. And now they're just using them against us, basically. <laughs> yeah, well, it's convenient, isn't it? That, yeah. you know, sex is on a spectrum. If you were following their arguments five years ago, everything was on a spectrum. And so we would say, well, then why are you demanding to be in our category? Make your own spectrum category. If, if blue is boys and yellow is girls, then make a green spectrum or make a purple, do something, but leave our spectrum alone. You know, leave our end of the spectrum alone. And that's how I feel with sports. Why are we just allowing them in and handing them over the podium on a silver platter with like basically no research at all? Why are we just letting the robber in our house? Why shouldn't they have to prove their worthiness into our category? And we know that's never going to happen. You can never mitigate these differences. And besides the physical differences in performance, Let's talk about something serious here in locker rooms and bathrooms and being close bodied to males on a team. I mean, a lot of women we know have experienced sexual assault and we rely on these sex separated spaces to get through our lives without having panic attacks, without living in constant fear. We should have the right to say no to a male in our spaces and they're not letting us say no, we're not even allowed to have a seat at the table. I'm curious how these organizations, especially the IOC, International Olympic Committee, got to the point of having people at the table. Initially, they didn't even have women in consulted. The consultation's only been recently after women were pushing back, but how did they come to this idea I mean, what kind of misogynists are at the head of the IOC such that they're saying, oh, Jethro, oh, Jane, sorry, you're you're dressed, you're a woman and you have pink cleats so you can run track next to, what the hell? (laughs) Like these are supposed to be sports experts. I think the issue is that the Olympics is not so much about the sports anymore as it is about the money. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of corporate sponsorships, if you look through their list, they're all supporting this. So if the Olympics didn't go for it, they would lose all their sponsors. That's about what I can come up with. But I will note that we did send them a rather successful petition from our little grassroots organization. And they did respond back that they would, you know, look at it in the future, but not till after Japan. Is Japan happening at this point with the virus? I believe so. I have been so deep in my state legislation lately that I haven't been following it too closely, to be honest. Are you fighting this at the level of your state now in Minnesota? Well, with what Biden did um, with his EO and now possibly signing the Equality Act, or they're going to possibly vote on the Equality Act next week in the House, which would do the same thing, replace sex with gender identity, we're going to need to fight it at the state level. Luckily in the United States, we do have state law and it's the only thing we can do to fight back at this point, but we have entered in um, several federal legislations as well, but we have 23 states as of this morning that I know of that have entered in legislation during this first session. So it's been a crazy ride, but I'm so excited because when I look back, I think besides supporting women, 
Just trying to create laws is really why I started doing this. You're listening to Savage Minds, and we hope you're enjoying the show. Please consider subscribing. We don't accept any money from corporate or commercial sponsors, and we depend upon listeners and readers just like you. Now, back to our show. We need more oversight. And the reality, as we saw in the UK, when laws were put into place without consulting women, I mean, there's a benefit in that at least now American women know only recently about the plans to put forth gender recognition in the Equality Act there. But this went through in 2004 in the UK by stealth. No one was consulted. And I find this really shocking that no one thought this through. I mean, the job of politicians might not be to have expertise in all fields, but I would think that their first point of entry beyond civil rights should be human rights. And oh my gosh, we're seeing one politician after another that's more into woke points than into protecting women and girls from even sexual assault. And I know, again, people will say, oh, but that's rare. Is it rare? We don't even have the questions asked. They're asking questions now in the UK on the census where men can just say, I'm a woman. We saw this thanks to Nicola Williams' work on sports and prisons in the UK. We saw from her research that slightly over half of trans-identified males in UK prisons are there for nothing other than sexual assault. So is it a stretch for women to worry when they have a one in two chance of perhaps, I mean, I'm, I'm bastardizing numbers because there's no study, right? We do not know. No, because how many of us are too scared to say anything? And that's one example that I've been using lately is what about, you know, we're, we're hearing all these um, suicide rates of these children. And if we don't let them play in the sports, they're going to kill themselves. Well, what about the young girl who doesn't want a boy in her bathroom, who doesn't want a boy on the field, who was sexually assaulted, who now has to quit and possibly kills herself because she was in a position to win a scholarship and had to leave her sport because she was too scared to be around a male body. She should have every right to say no. It's just absurd. And and we're so lucky we have you, the women in the UK they have kind of led a roadmap to how we should be fighting this. And Nicola for, from Fair Play for Women has been amazing in all fields, but in, in the sports battle, she's really um, rallied us. And without her website, I might not even be here. Yes, her work has been phenomenal. I mean, aside from Nick's work, I mean, all the women in the UK just came up because when I started writing about this, it was dark web groups, basically. But now women are really coming together. Nick's sticking with it, man. She's really good. She's getting the data. Or she's showing, on the other hand, that the data is not being collected. And that's worrisome. Because if a man or a young man, an adolescent, can identify as anything, women can't protect themselves. I mean, you know, that old cliche, knowledge is power. Well, women can only speak up about their rights if they know what they're speaking to. You remove the language for them to speak to and it's gone. And it's not even like you pointed out examples of sexual assault, but most girls are aware that sexual assault is a possibility. You don't have to be sexually assaulted to be conscious that, wait, 
he shouldn't be in here. And I love it when the bottom line is that, how can you know that someone's really transgender? Well, duh, women can and girls can. We intuit who is a man, even by hands. Right. And and even if they, what we're doing by allowing people who identify as transgender into the bathroom is conditioning girls to accept these male bodies. And we don't know someone's true intentions. So then if a predator does come in there, they're conditioned to think it's okay. I mean, the bottom line is that what I've found in discussing this issue, even on social media, the bottom line is that we are not supposed to say that these men are men because to do so is to put them in the category of other men and you remind them, but obviously we don't think that most men or all men are rapists. The reason why there are separate spaces is because the protection is on our side of our ability to say, no, this is our neutral space of not having any risk or any danger from you. And of course, then they pull out, but women also sexually assault. Well, not in bathrooms. The sexual assault that happens from women is rare. And it happens usually when it does happen in prisons and uh, from adult women to children. It's very rare sexual assault. I'm not going to go to a McDonald's bathroom and get sexually assaulted by a woman. I'd probably get struck by lightning quicker. Um, I mean, you know, sorry to put it like that, but these are facts. And I think that these men don't want to be encompassed statistically or through language with other men. And that's the rub for us. Yeah, it's really sad that, well, where are the men here stepping up to tell these other men that they are safe in the men's locker room on the male's team? Well, that's the other side of the argument that I've been making for years. I said, don't give us your socks to sort out. Sort out your own sock drawer. These are your men. You go and you tell them you don't care if there are pink running tights in your changing room. You don't care if there are waxed chests in your changing room. You tell them you don't care about stilettos in your changing room. See that have men come to your aid? I mean, I've had emails from past Olympians who are in your field of heavy lifting and wrestling, um, but not from the U.S. Have any men been speaking out there? Yes, yes, more and more every day. I think uh, a lot of the battle I face here is education. As you asked me in the beginning, you asked if I thought it was a joke when I first saw it, and I think that's a lot of people's gut reaction, like, oh, this must just be a prank or, or whatnot. But when males realize that their wives, daughters, are going to be put in these terrible situations, they've had it, they flip and they're fighting back. Um, we have several male doctors here in the United States that are stepping up, including Dr. Chris Hunt from USA Powerlifting. Um, they have the knowledge <laughs> and, and, and I have the emotions. So it's, it's, a, it's a great thing. Although I think it's absurd that we even have to have facts as I said before, we're women, we're saying, no, that should matter. Why aren't we, why are we placing the feelings of this small percentage of like, as in my battle in high school, right? Yeah. Young males and not listening to these young females and putting them in such a difficult situation. It's terrible. It should not rest on the shoulders of young women to fight this. 
Well, it's almost as if they're defying their own argument that sex is the social construction and that gender is the biological real, because the very people ironically being discriminated against in this is the same class. It's people with vaginas, since we can't say females and we can't say women. But it's, <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? It's almost as if they're proving exactly what feminists have been saying all along. And, and I got to wonder, Beth, what the end result of this is going to be. Because when you have, uh, did you see the power lifter? He's an American, but living in the UK. Uh, Zuby, did you see his power lifting performance? Yeah, yeah. And I would like to point out that Zuby does not hold any records. Zuby just basically went and lifted the weight that was equal to a women's record. Um, but yeah, I think it's really great what he has done for awareness. I wish he would speak up even more. We need his help here in the United States. So Zuby, if you're out there, get more of us on your podcast. Exactly. His efforts did rally people to this. And it's ironic because and it's sad as well that people care more about sports than they do women potentially being raped in prisons or hospitals. It is sick. It is nearly a religion here in the United States. Yeah. Sports is where people see injustice, not other spaces. But we'll take that crumb, you know, but let's run with that exactly. crumb. Exactly. And that's why I, you know, I saw this opportunity that I had with this experience with this male trying to compete in the women's state championships. And and I'm running with it. And look where it's got me. I'm just an average person who has had enough, who has been fed up and is helping federal legislation, who is rallying international crowds. It's a good thing. If I can do this, what can you do is what I tell other people. Brilliant. Well, tell me, what are your next actions? Because if they're set to vote on this next week, are you guys going to protest? Um, we're rallying to see what our best, uh, options are. Of course, we're, we're going to be educating people, telling people to contact their legislators. I think that's our, our key thing right now is just making people aware and then what they can do, like calling their legislators, um, to make them know that we don't want sex erased. And also our next steps of action is supporting all of these state legislations. I'm working on helping send people to testify. Um, of course, COVID has kind of complicated things, but we're, we're getting there. And how many states so far have made these laws to protect women's and girls sports? <clears throat> we have 23 states this session that have currently entered in legislation. Yes. Or else it's about half and half here in the state. Right. Um, in Minnesota, uh, uh, my son here would just have to wake up tomorrow and need a note from me saying that he identifies as Julie now, and that's all it takes. Yes. Well, I think parents should maybe get more perf performative about this as well and say that their child identifies as a star or as, you know, I don't know, maybe make up a pop yes. star's name and uh, insist that they get, you know, catered meals at lunch or something, because it's really crazy that one can identify their own child. I mean, one would question where are the child abuse experts in this scenario as well. It's a, it's a whole nother can of worms that I try to try not to concentrate on and keep into the sports because it's just crazy how all these different branches are connected. And thank goodness we have like in the UK there, Fair Play for Women, we have people like uh, Jennifer Bielek in 
the 11th hour blog show, showing us where the money trails are. If, if we all just keep speaking up and stay connected, courage calls to courage and we will win this war. Tell me, what do you say to your detractors? All the people, mostly on the left, in fact, sadly, I am from the left, but uh, you know the story. Uh, what do you say to those who call you Bible-thumping, conservative, homophobic, transphobic, blah, blah, phobic? You're linguistic phobic, apparently, as well. What do you say to them? I, I, I don't fit any label but woman, and, and that's what I'm fighting for, and that's what I'm going to save. Oh, 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 oh,